we are good. Welcome to the Christ Center channel and to the Revelation podcast. The audio format will be on the Revelation podcast and the visual will be on the Christ Center channel. And to those that are seeing that right now, I assume that you are at the Christ Center channel. And those who are just listening and would like to see this later, you can go to YouTube and type up Christ Center channel and you can see this special Christians and Halloween. Well, it's just a couple of days before Satan's birthday and there's a lot of churches that's decorated for it that out there going to celebrate the devil's birthday and that's what Halloween is it's the devil's birthday I mean you could look at the videos that I have used for Christians and Halloween and you can see former Satanists who are born again believers and they could testify that Halloween celebrates Satan's birthday and a famous Satanist is glad that church is willing to dedicate one year to celebrate Satan's birthday. And throughout this special of Christians and Halloween, I've been starting at the home base of Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. And tonight's message is called Halloween is an Idolatry. And the last message for Christians and Halloween will be out sometime by Thursday. So you'll get to hear this before Halloween. And the last one will be the father of all liars and all that is evil. So what I will do is I'll go ahead and begin a reading from verse 8 of Revelation chapter 12. 21. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in a lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Since I've been doing this, I believe I have done a total of about, looks like about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I've done eight messages for this special for Christians and Halloween. And verse eight has been the home base. And I've taken all these words that describes unbelievers and sinners, which can be also used for Halloween. You know, Halloween is for the cowardly and for the unbelieving. The practice of Halloween, such as sexual moral sorcerers and idolaters, are abominable things towards God. A lot of people are under the impression that God today is different from the God in the Old Testament and is also different from the God in the New Testament. And what I have been able to do is I have revealed on how God is the same today as he was in the beginning. And 
from here, I want to go to Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, and I'll bounce back to here. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 proves what I've been saying. For I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. If God did change, then it would be worse for the human race. The Bible declares that God does not change. So the God that we read in the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament. And the God that we read about Revelation is the same God. And he's the same God today. So going back to Revelation chapter 21, verse 7. I'm talking about verse 8. But the cowardly unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in a lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The last Christians in Halloween, I did sorcerers. And so the word after sorcerers is idolaters. And that's what I want to focus in on tonight. We know from the word that idolatry makes God jealous. I let me repeat that. Idolatry makes God jealous. And those who are a student of the word. Now they may know the word, but they don't understand the word. Knowing and understanding are different things. You know, you may know the 50 states, but you may not understand why the United States was developed. There's a lot of opinions about that, and I'm not going to go down that road. You know, I just said, idolatry makes God jealous. And if you go and look in Galatians chapter 5, which we are at Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. It says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention. And he said the word jealousies. Works of the flesh are jealousies. Now God says, be holy for I am holy. Be perfect, for I am perfect. And now, later on, when I continue to see how idolatry is an abomination and it makes God jealous, we will see that. 
but I want to address this confusion. You may have an atheist or agnostic that is listening to this. And so he feels that the word of God contradicts itself, which is not true. God does not deal with confusion. He's a perfect and holy God. Now, the reason why they may come across that the word is confusing is because, number one, they're definitely not born of the Spirit. Because in order to understand the word, you have to be born of the Spirit. The word is very clear. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And my thought is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. Therefore, only by the Holy Spirit can we declare that Jesus is Lord. So I got a lot of verses floating through my brain. The Holy Spirit is taking me around to these verses. And now bring it back to Galatians chapter 5, where we just saw that jealousies is a work of the flesh and to see how idolatry makes god jealous let us go to first corinthians chapter 10 verse 21 first corinthians chapter 10 verse 21 You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? So when other people worship idols... The word says that it makes God jealous. Now, we also see the idea in the Old Testament. Let's go to Exodus. Exodus chapter 20. And verses 2 through 6. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage you shall have no other gods before me you shall not make for yourself a carved image any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth you shall not bow down to them nor serve them for i am the lord your god and a jealous god Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but shows mercies to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Like in the New Testament, verse 5 of this chapter testifies that God is a jealous God. I mean... That's what the verse say. That's what both verses say. And remember, we're in Galatians chapter 5. And we saw that jealousy was the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh is sin. 
Now, I bring this up because I want to address it right here, right now, to clear the confusion. Now, it's very important to look at context. You know, both in Exodus chapter 20, Galatians chapter 5, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that is written to believers. Or to God's children. God in Exodus chapter 20 is addressing his chosen nation, the Israelites. The same God in the New Testament is also addressing his children. Those who have been born of the Spirit. Whenever you look at the New Testament letters and you see the word brethren, most likely it's addressed towards believers. And in Galatians chapter 5, Paul is addressing to believers. He's putting a contrast between those who walk in the flesh and those who walk in the spirit. When they were dead in the flesh, they walked according to the flesh. But because they've been born of the spirit, they will walk in the spirit. And when we walk in the spirit, we bear fruit. And one of the fruits that we do not bear is jealousy. If remember in works of the flesh that jealousy is part of that. And so in that context, when we are walking in the spirit and we also feel like we're jealous, we end up being jealous because we feel that God may not have given us enough because we notice our neighbor seems to have more and better things than we do. So we start becoming jealous and envious. You know, our flesh, we want to have just as much because we can't see that God is also taking care of us. So jealousy in Galatians chapter 5, you know, refers to humans, you know, are jealous because they feel that God has not given them enough because they see that their neighbors has more things than them. And in Exodus chapter 20, if you go and look at the last commandment, you know, you shall not cover your neighbor's house, you shall not cover your neighbor's wife. All these things are connected to jealousy in the heart. So, you know, jealousy is a sin when we want more than what God has allowed us to have because we see our neighbors having more. Now, Jealousy, in terms of us, going in terms of God, when it comes to us worshiping other idols, is God not sinning? You know, God is the creator of the universe. He owns everything. He owns everything, literally. That also means that he 
owns every human being because he created them. You know, when God created this world, he knew what he wanted and he knew how he was going to get it. You know, now, what God wanted was something that he did not need. So let's make that clear. So God wanted to share his glory with us. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul says that we should offer our bodies as living sacrifices. The Holy Spirit through Paul says that because God wants us to worship him. He wants us to worship him alone and nothing else at his level. You know, when we are born of the Spirit, we worship God in spirit and in truth. And worshiping God in spirit and truth is that we should worship God only and nothing else. I mean, think about it in terms of our human relationship. You know, parents that have children want their children to love them, obey them, and pretty much be loyal to them. You know, a good parent will provide a good place for a child to live. It will provide a good child with a good upbringing because it loves that child. Now, let's say that child loved another parent more. It loved another parent more. Even though you sacrificed and you gave everything to that child because you love him, you love that child. That child loves another parent more than you. How would you feel? Feel jealous. Okay, let's flip it around. You know, you have children, right? And you neglect them and you take care of other children that's not theirs. How would that, I mean... How do you think that child would feel? Feel neglected? Feel jealous? You know? Well, that kind of jealousy is not the same jealousy as in terms of works of the flesh where a person feels like he doesn't have enough even though when he does have and so he envies others because he wants more stuff. Now, God being the creator of of the universe and being creator of the world knew what he wanted 
and he knew how he was going to get it, even though he already knew that Adam would chose sin and death over righteousness and life. God still knew how he was going to get what he wanted from us. He knew that after Adam's sin, that it brought death. The human race were spiritually dead. For all have come short of God's glory. And our righteousness is nothing but dirty and filthy rags. So on our own, we cannot bring God what he wants. Because whatever we do in our dead flesh is nothing but dirty rags. We cannot present anything to a holy God on our own. So God... Still knowing how he's going to get what he wants from us. Sent his son Jesus. He sent his son Jesus. His perfect son. Who's God in the flesh. He comes and he dies on the cross for our sins. John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You know a while ago I talked about our children. And the logical answer to this question would be no. And this is a question. Would you be willing to give up your children? For a person that you don't even know. Most likely no. Would you give up. Would you sacrifice your children. For a stranger that did horrible things. Abominable acts. Question to that is no. Most likely you would not give up your child. You know, Paul talks about this in Romans that, you know, of course, maybe a noble man might give up his life for another noble man. But a noble man most likely will not give up his life for someone that is not noble. Meaning if this person was a criminal like a Barabbas that deserves to die, then most likely he's not going to give up, sacrifice his life for that person. Well, a while ago I said... Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned. Which means everyone after Adam has a sin nature. We have a sin nature and no one can enter into heaven on their own terms. You know, God is a just and holy God. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, we read about the unbelievers and sinners that will not go into God's kingdom. And there again, someone says, oh, I thought he was a loving God. I thought he'll just let anybody in. Stop your, your thinking and really think about what you just said. That's pretty much like a federal judge decides that, hey, you know what? These criminals, they didn't really mean it, you know, 
I'm just going to let them back out into society because they misunderstood. And that's kind of happened in the COVID-19 era. You know, we've read about governors have released criminals for the sake of COVID. And I'm putting quotation marks around COVID. Not because I don't think COVID is real. Yes, I do believe COVID is real. But just like anything else, they politicize this thing for their own gain. And they don't really care about the people. And they express they don't really care about the people by releasing the convicts back out into society. And we've seen what has happened. We have seen crime rate going up. Now, with what I just said, God is a just God. He's righteous and he's holy. Heaven is holy. Now, if God just lets anybody, any, just lets anyone in, regardless of what they did, if it's evil or not, He lets them all in. You know, how do you think heaven's gonna turn out? Do you think heaven's gonna be perfect and holy? No, they'll contaminate heaven with sin. They are trying to get into heaven based upon their own self righteousness which isn't really righteous. They are righteous based upon their own standard. They're righteous based upon what can they get for being righteous. What is it to them? Exactly the mind of Satan. When Satan was Lucifer, he thought that he could be better than God. So he wanted to be higher than God. So he tried to overthrow God and it got him kicked out of heaven. Those who are unbelievers and sinners that try to enter into heaven in their own way will just end up like Satan. They will just get kicked out. Now, earlier on I mentioned Adam. You know, God created a perfect world in six days. The world that he created was absolutely perfect. And it was a reflection of what John saw in Revelation chapter 21. In Revelation chapter 21, John sees heaven falling down from the sky. He says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there is no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy sea, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. I mean, think about when's the last time you cried. Next, there shall be no more death. Who was the last person close to you that died? Nor sorrow. When was the last time you felt sorry? Nor crying. When was the last time you cried? There shall be no more pain. And 
when was the last time you felt pain? For the former things have passed away. Tears, death, sorrow, crying, and pain will be no more. How does that sound? Would you like to be at a place like that right now? You know, I'm going to be humble. I'm going to say 9 out of 10, even though I think 10 out of 10 people would say yes. You know, and so how do we get there? You know, well, we have to be born of the spirit. We have to be born again. When we are born of the spirit, our names are written in the book of of life when our names are written in the book of life so how are we born again how are we born of the spirit let us go to Romans chapter 10 Romans chapter 10 begin at verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And go, let's go to Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. Remember earlier on I quoted Romans chapter 3 verse 23. For all have sinned. And Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 that says our righteousness is nothing but dirty and filthy rags. That the only way to justify sin is death. The only way to justify is the only way to justify sin is is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord John chapter 3 verse 16 says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have ever lasting life and John chapter 14 verse 6 says Jesus says I am the way meaning that he is the only way to heaven we go through him by believing in him with our hearts and confessing him with our mouths the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me so what I'm saying all this is that for us to have eternal life, that cost God everything. It cost God to give up his son. He gave up his son willingly to die for us. His son willingly died for our sins. His blood paid for our sins. For the wages of sin is death. You know, there had to be a price to be paid for our sins. 
and by our own works, we can never pay for it. You know, the animal sacrifice in the Old Testament was not good enough because they were contaminated in sin. Those things were done just as a way for the next thing to come, which is Jesus. Jesus became the high priest. His blood paid it for us. He redeemed us so that we have a relationship with God. And with that, we can worship God. We can worship God in the way that he wants to be worshipped. You know, God giving up his son, an expression of his attribute, love. And God has given us that ability. And he's also given us the ability of liberty, the freedom of choice. We see that in the garden. Adam had a freedom of choice. He either choose to follow God or disobey God. Yet both of those have consequences. You know, God did not create robots. He gave us a self-conscious. You know, he gave us that because he does not want fake worship. He wants genuine worship. He wants real worship. And he still got it, even though sin and death came into this world. He still got it. You see, when we are born of the Spirit, and we realize that we don't deserve it, and that God loved us so much that he willingly gave up his only son, that we want to worship God. And we should not want to worship idols. And look at things from God's perspective. That, you know, God redeemed us. He gave us a new life. So when we do go after other idols, then yes, he should be jealous. You know, because God gave up everything for us so that we can have a relationship with him so you see why idolatry makes god jealous i mean you know we're in a relationship and the people that we're in a relationship you know that say that they love us but when they go around and they're with someone else, you know, does that person really love us, you think? No. So when we go after other idols, when God tells us, do we really love God? The answer is no. That even though idolatry makes God jealous, God is patient. God is slow to anger. God is merciful. And he's given us opportunity after opportunity to get rid of idols. And idols are not just in form of something you know, 
made out of rock or stone like we read about in the old times. I mean, idols could be ourselves. We can make ourselves into an idol. Idol is something that we imagine, you know, that goes against what God teaches. You know, idol could be things that we spend more time in than anything other than God. You know, so idols comes in different forms, in physical and mental. And so, going back to Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, those that practice in idolatry will not inherit God's kingdom. In Galatians chapter 5, when I read about the works of the flesh, that we see that idolatry will not inherit God's kingdom. And so, as Christians, we should not even be close to Halloween. We should not even call our Halloween Fall Festival. And I'm putting Fall Festival surrounded with quotation marks. Fall Festival is a nice way of saying that, hey, you know, there's some people that don't feel comfortable with Halloween, so we'll just change the name up a little bit. You know, do we ever see Satanists worship Christ on Easter? Do they change the name Easter to something else? No. You know? Because they want nothing to do with Christ. So with Halloween, why are we having anything to do with the devil? You know? I mean, pull it up. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22. It's an easy verse that you should memorize. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Abstain, I don't know, stay away from every form of evil. And Halloween is evil. Its origins are evil. Roman Catholicism is evil. So it's natural for them to adopt Halloween and keep its practices, even though that a lot of the practices that they did in the beginning don't happen in the light or in the dark. And if you remember earlier on, I talked about how Halloween promotes murder. I mean, look at the horror films. You know, our nation promotes murder in front of eugenics and abortion. And that's a root of evil. Halloween promotes evil. They promote things like idolatry worshiping devil and death the origins of halloween they worship around the god of the dead they believe that on october 31st that the god of death was going to come collect the souls that died that past year so people are worshiping the god of the dead they express that worship in form of animal and human sacrifice. In 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 21 and 22. 
I shall start from point. Rather, the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table, of the table of demons, or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Are we stronger than he? You know, we should not participate in any forms of idolatry. You know, it goes against our spirit. Idolatry is works of the flesh. And when we become born of the spirit, our spirit becomes alive. And we are saying that we are no longer alive in the flesh, but we're alive in the spirit. You know, I've read about Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 through 6. You know, we saw that how idolatry makes God jealous. And God is speaking to the nation of Israel. And the same message in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 21 through 22. You know, Paul is telling the Corinthians that they should not participate in idolatry, that they can't drink from the Lord's cup, and they can't drink from the cups of demons. Else we will provoke God to jealousy. And remember, God gave his only son that we should have eternal life. That, you know, so why... Why are we going to be disloyal to God by participating in idolatry? Why are you going to marry someone that you know is not going to be loyal to you? You know? Idolatry is very, very serious. I mean, seeing how serious it is, look at Romans chapter 9, verse 13. Romans chapter 9, verse 13. You know... As it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. God hated the things that Esau did. And let's see what he did by going back in time in Genesis chapter 26. Verses 34 through 35. God hated Esau because Esau made God jealous by worshiping other idols. You know, God, Esau did things that he knew that he wasn't supposed to do. It wasn't like Esau did not know this. He knew what he was doing. In Genesis chapter, when Esau, Genesis chapter 26, verses 34 to 35. When Esau was four years old, he took as wives Judah the daughter of Beri the Hittite, and Basman the daughter of Elon the Hittite. Now remember his dad Isaac. You know, his grandfather Abraham sent his servant back to his country because he didn't want Isaac marrying with a woman in Canaan because he feared that that woman would corrupt Isaac to worshiping idols. And they were grief of mine to Isaac and Rebekah. In other words, the women that Esau married brought grief to Isaac and Rebekah. 
So we can see why the things that Esau did, God hated, but he loved Jacob. So, you know, in Romans chapter 1, Paul explains uh, what God did to those that did not want to follow him. God let them go in their own ways. God allowed them to worship his creation instead of him, the creator. And so in Jude chapter 1, verses 14 through 15, we read about that time. This was before the flood. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesies about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. Now this is talking about the future judgment, the great white throne judgment, to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly. Among them, all of their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These men, like Esau, provoked God by living in an ungodly way. Part of that ungodly way was idolatry. They were worship creation instead of the creator. And so God allows them to go down in this direction. However, the common thing that men have universal wide is that we have a conscience. Our conscience that God has given us is a way that he reveals himself to us. Look at Romans chapter 2 verse 15. Who showed the work of the law written in their hearts? Their conscience also bearing witness, impeding themselves, their thoughts, accusing or else excusing them. And in the next chapter, Romans chapter 1, verses 20 through 25, reveals what God did to those. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness and the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. So, we see that God has given them over to worship creation rather than him. And so, we see idolatry and why it is evil. It provokes God to jealousy. Idolatry is a way of rejecting God and telling God, say, hey, your way is not good. I'm going to do things my way, just like what Esau did. Now, I want to remind you of the origins of Halloween. They were Celtic Druids, celebrated Samhain which is a worship of the Lord of the dead. All the things revolved around Halloween, which revealed around the Lord of the dead. 
these are the things. There are three of them, and these are the things are still being practiced. Now, not in the same way, but they're still being practiced. Trick or treat. You know, we give out candy. Well, the origin of that was that people would give food to demons. They would leave it outside of their houses or on their porches so they feel that the demons will not torment them. So it's either you either give me something to eat, like a food, or it's going to be, I'm going to trick you. I'm going to torment you. Now, the jack-o'-lantern was a severe head to please the dead that was put in front of people's property. Well, that was replaced by pumpkins. And, but sometimes from what I've heard and researched that, you know, people would take pumpkins, they would empty it out, and they would put a severe head, and they will leave it on people's front door steps. This is Halloween. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20. Abstain from all appearances of evil. And you know, rat poison has just a little bit of poison, but it's still poison. Now, costumes was people that disguise themselves as demons. They're hoping that demons will mistaken them for another demon, so they wouldn't torment them. So basically, Halloween worships death. And death is the idolatry of Halloween. Idolatry is abomination to God. Look in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 4. Do not turn to idols, nor make for yourselves molded gods. I am the Lord your God. Now, a form of idolatry doesn't just come in a physical form like a statue made out of rock, stone, or clay. I mean, like I said earlier on, idolatry could be something that you spend more time other than God. You know, you could watch more entertainment. You could be on media more often or even yourself. You can make yourself into an idol. You believe that your self-righteous is enough for you to get into heaven. So those are examples of idolatry and we should not be practiced these things and in the next chapter explains more about idolatry Leviticus chapter 18 verses 24 through 29 do not defile yourselves with any of these things for by all these things in other words practice idolatry all these things the nations are defiled which I am casting out before you for the land is defiled therefore I visit the punishment of his iniquity upon it and land vomits out its inhabitants. You should therefore keep my statute and my judgment, and shall not commit any of these abominations, either any of your own nation or any stranger who dwells among you. For these abominations the men of the land have done who were before you, and thus the land is defiled. Lest the land vomit you out, also when you defile it, also it vomited out the nations that were before you. Whoever commits any of these abominations, the persons who commit them shall be cut off from among their people. So, 
God told the children of Israel that anybody that practiced any abominations like the nations before them, like idolater, will be cut off from their people. Revelation chapter 21 verse 8 says, Idolatry shall not inherit God's kingdom. In Galatians chapter 5 it says the same thing. Those that practice idolatry will not inherit God's kingdom. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul tells the Christians that you cannot drink from the Lord's cup and drink from the cups of demons. Jesus says, no man can serve two masters. He must choose one or the other. So when we think that we could worship God and worship idols, we are fooling ourselves. We are putting ourselves on the broad way that leads into eternal damnation. And we read about the unbelievers and the sinners in Romans, Revelation chapter 21 verse 8 on how they end up in the lake of fire. And the practice of idolatry takes them there. And Halloween is an idolatry to death. In other words, it's an idolatry towards Satan. It is Satan's birthday for a reason. Therefore, Christians should not participate in Halloween because it worships Satan. Now, I want us to go into 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through and Paul reminds the church in Corinth on how the Israelites lived and where it took them. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 8. Old Testament examples. Moreover, brethren, I did not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank out the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for the bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual morality, as some then did. And one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain, as some of them also complained, and were destroyed by the destroyer. So, Paul reminds Christians that they should not practice idolatry as the Israelites did in the wilderness. That led them to their separation from God. And if Christians participate in idolatry, then it will lead them from God. And it will lead them into the lake of fire that we read about in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. You know, Christians should know and should understand the Bible that God is not God of the dead, like what Halloweeners worship. 
but he is God of the living. Look at what Jesus said to the Sadducees in Matthew chapter 22. This was 23 through 32. The same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses said that if a man dies, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there are with, with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married, and having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third, and even to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. Jesus answered said to them, now pay attention to what he says, You are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures. I feel the same way. When Christians participate in the Halloween, that they are making a mistake because they don't know the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? Now listen to this, what he says about him. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. We worship the God of the living and not Satan, the God of, or not Satan, the Lord of the dead. You know, Satan is the ruler of the dead. He is not a God. He is not equal to God. There is no dualism. There's no such thing. There's only one God, one creator. And Satan is the ruler of the dead. He is the ruler of darkness. And one day he will be judged in a lake of fire forever and ever for all the crimes that he has committed towards God and his people. We do not worship the God of the dead, but the God of the living. So why are Christians participating in Halloween knowing that they should not be doing? They are just like the Sadducees. They don't know the scriptures, and that's why they are mistaken when they celebrate Halloween in the honor of the ruler of the dead, that is Satan. So ultimately, when you participate in Halloween, you are worshiping Satan. Now, the last message will be the father of all liars, and that is evil. This will be the last message for the special Christians and Halloween, and I look forward to doing it. And may God bless you during this time, and stay in prayer.